In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone Van Helsink. You know, I must have said that about five billion times so far. <laughs> With me all the way from the cross, the pond, I believe, is a sighting of the ghost finder general himself, Mr. Richard Felix. How <laughs> you did? Very good. Also with us is the rock star of the parapsychologist, Mr. Cal Cooper. Da-da, how you doing? Good, good. So we got You're the good. whole gang. Wow. Hey, threesome. Ah, wait, 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 I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Paranormal oh, threesome. God. There you go. Let's say hey, more. I, Let's get on with the show. I I do want to mention one thing, and you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Tojanet, uh, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. But uh, I started this experiment, it's the dowsing experiment, and um, I need people to do it. So basically, if you go on to the Facebook page of either um, Ghost Chronicles International, uh, regular Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, or my website, Ronald Kolick, and uh, there's a video to show you how to do it, and we want your results. And um, Cal has graciously enough to uh, consented to work with me on this, and uh, we're going to do a little study on it, and this is the pilot, and then we'll do a, another one after this as well. So uh, I'm really excited about it. Tell me more, Ron. I'm interested. I'm intrigued, to say the least. When you say uh, dowsing, I mean, are we talking? Are we talking everything from metal coat hangers to um, hazel twigs and and, and um, dowsing crystals? Uh, pendulum dowsing only. Those are the only ones I'm going to take in the study. A, a couple of people have done like Elrod dowsing and so forth, but uh, mm. I'm not. I'm not using those in the study. It's got to be strictly. Um, Pendulum dowsing, and basic, basically there are eight cards, and um, they've been pre-selected, and um, you put them face down in sets of two, and each card randomly represents a winning team in the first rounds of the NFL football finals. And those, of course, I have no way of picking who is a winner, who is a loser. So basically, no one knows anything about anything, and they're, they're dowsing to pick winners uh, without 
you know, pretty blindly, I would say. Hmm. And uh, is that sound about right, uh, Cal? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's um, absolutely right. I think you should um, put a link up to that um, video that you showed as a demonstration because that's what caught my eye. And I sat down and watched that video when you sent it to me, the young lady that actually went through what she was doing step by step. And I thought that was a very good, clear video of um, what was going on as one of the first kind of experiments. So uh, let's get that up so the, the listeners can actually see what we're talking about here. Is that possible to put that up? I think it should be. Put it up where? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll put, put it up on the Ghost Chronicles website, um, up with all the um, future guests and stuff. Yeah, it is It is on the uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, website as well. We could probably put it on the international one. I, mean, I think Nori can put that on his first as well, I yeah. think. Yeah, it's a great idea. I'm sure of that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. And the the thing I like about it, it, it's so blind. The study is really a blind study. I, and uh, I really worked at it to make it that way. Um and, you know, this is going to be the pilot, and hopefully we're going to do another one after this. And then Cal uh, and I might do a paper on this. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Sounds, <laughs> sounds extremely interesting. It does. I, uh, a few years ago, I, because, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I taught myself. Uh, I mean, I taught myself to douse uh, with with just about everything. <laughs> well, dowsing, dowsing crystals, uh, hazel hazel twigs, rowan uh, twigs, and all that sort of stuff, and and um, um, you know, obviously bent bent coat hangers as well. Uh, I've had some amazing results with it. Uh, but the, the fascinating one, a few years ago, I, I used my my dowsing pendulum to see if I could find the six numbers uh, <clears throat> to win the lottery. <laughs> it didn't work. Did you, but I tell you what, did you actually did, do that in the shop? No, in the pub. No, no, I actually did it at home. Um, oh. I tell you what, it did do. It 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 did pick six six numbers, which is what mm. I wanted. Which is all, a lot back to the fact that you know how much of it is what's going on in your own brain. That's sort of thing. Mm. But of course, it didn't pick the right numbers. Of course. My name's not Darren Brown. <laughs> but anyways, we actually have someone else in the line with us, too, and we should bring him on and get him. We should indeed! Yeah, he is Mr. Mark English. Uh, Mark, you there? Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? Very well. Yes. Have you been listening to this uh, dribble? Yes. Well, no, it's very interesting, actually, because I do dowsing myself. I've been doing it for about 18 years. Uh, so very interesting in this experiment that you're doing. Well, you should definitely... Get involved in this. All you have to do is do the experiment uh, and post your results on uh, one of the pages. And we have this, like I said, it's on uh, Ghost Chronicles International page on Facebook, the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page on Facebook, and also my page, Ronald Kolick, uh, Van Helsink, on uh, Facebook as well. So, um, yeah, we, we, we would love to have you in the study. And the interesting thing about it, we're not going to be, you know, publishing. Uh, who got what right and who didn't get what right. It's all a blind study, and and the the participants will remain nameless. Um, but the results will go in. I mean, go into the study. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. If I know a lot of mediums and so forth get a little paranoid about being wrong for some reason or not. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're all human. <laughs> we're not right 100% of the time. So, but anyways, it's there. Very interesting. Very a very nice, interesting collective experiment. That. Well, thank you very much. And and Mark, nice to talk uh, to you, Mark. Long time since I've spoken to you. Hello, Richard. Nice to hear from you again. You're all right. Yeah. 
I'm very well, thank you. Are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Hello, Cal. Good, good. Hello. Good. How are you, darling? Very well, darling. Very well. And hello, of course, to Ron. Hello, Ron. There you go. But anyways, Mac, why don't you uh, uh, give out your website for us so we get that uh, out of the way before I forget, which I usually do. Okay. Uh, our website is um, one of many. Uh, it's uh, Spiral Paranormal, uh, www.spiralparanormal.co.uk. The uh, online web series of The Unexplained. Um, be going for about oh seven years now, um, and you can download all our investigations, or well, most of them anyway. Uh, being a filmmaker, we actually film our investigations, uh, even with my sceptical head, uh, for your viewing pleasure on uh, YouTube, and have also some of them been broadcast on the, on Sky TV as well over the last couple of years. Excellent. And so, how did you get involved at all in paranormal and everything? Um, I think like most people, I've had a sort of a lifelong interest uh, in the unexplained. I mean, for those who live in the UK, um, especially in the 1980s, we had a wonderful magazine called uh, Unexplained, which is a big sort of glossy magazine that came out every fortnight, I think. Um, and that sort of initially sort of piqued my interest. But I was very much a, what I call an armchair researcher, an armchair investigator. I didn't really go out investigating. I did a, quite a lot of work with crop circles back in the early 1990s. Um, but I really actually started getting out in the field and doing investigations, literally only 2005, 2006. Um, and since that time, you know, we've... we've done pretty much hundreds probably not as many as uh, mr felix obviously done some stuff with richard. oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> got a long way to go to catch up with you richard um but yeah so I've i'm a lot older than you mate <laughs> <laughs> not much older <laughs> oh i think um, i am <laughs> i'm even older than ron no. not by much by a day or two mate, <laughs> right, gentlemen you both look fun. <laughs> um, you're all yeah, older than me <laughs> Just a case I mostly want to get out and actually experience things for myself. I mean, very much, I'm very much a, a skeptic and rationalist. Um, I do question a hell of a lot of uh, uh, evidence that's presented. Uh, but hopefully, with our episodes, we just give an honest uh, depiction of an investigation with no thrills, no no, gag, no gimmicks, nothing like that. We just go in, present it as it is. I always put my little turn on things and what I think. Um, but no, it's, it's been a, a very, very interesting journey so far. Okay. <laughs> that, that was that was my pause to let someone else get involved, get get in here. <laughs> well, I had serious problems. I'm I'm I, I'm not losing you, but I'm losing Mark. I don't know. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you very very well, yeah. Richard. All right. I, I, I had serious. I, I really didn't catch. I got the end bit about the, the journey, but I, I I missed the rest. So so I couldn't comment wrong. <laughs> Okay, okay. The last, bit, the last bit I was saying was how wonderful Richard Felix is. That's the bit you might have missed. <laughs> oh, I'd like to comment on that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Cal, I mean, you're the youngest of the group, right? Definitely, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, well, I know you're, you're slightly younger than I am. But, anyways, I mean,. When you, you must have grown up seeing, you know, Richard uh, on the telly as well as as Mark. Mark, you've been on. Let's see, since what two thousand five? You said. Yeah, yeah, doing doing it sort of out in the field since about two thousand five. Yes. So I mean, do these? I mean, have they influenced you at all in in your work as a as a parapsychologist or or 
Um, I, I do remember when um, I was doing it, starting to do a lot of um, personal research on ghosts and stuff, and uh, vi- I was visiting the library while I was at school to actually look at paranormal books. I remember once my grandma bought me a couple of the uh, Richards Ghost Walk DVDs, and especially the Nottingham one because I'm from there. Oh so my god! Been- yeah, no. So it, it was great that you know I've been to Newstead Abbey all my life. We we go to picnics there and all sorts. It's like a second home. It's just down the road, and we've got family connections yeah. to the place. So it, it was wow. cool that Richard went round all these places that I've known all my life. And um, so that's kind of where I kind of knew Richard from. But I also know loads of people that knew Richard for um, the work that he did in Derby with the uh, records and so forth. Oh so, dear! Um, yeah, now I, we are going back, aren't we? See, I have yeah, different exactly. lives. You see. <laughs> Yeah, so as I've grown, I've seen kind of everyone else grow and go on different paths in the paranormal. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I think everyone's seen each other grow and change throughout the whole yeah. time that they've been in the paranormal, whether it's just a short period or a long period. Um, so yeah, you, you tend to keep tabs on what everyone's up to now and then, and if they've gone to do something totally different or if they've just quit for some reason or another. But no, it, it's great. And I think you kind of... You, if you don't learn from uh, what other people are doing, you certainly kind of pick up on their enthusiasm, and that encourages you to keep doing whatever it is that you're doing as well. And, you know, um, I, I absolutely love ghost walks, and I think, Richard, you're definitely one of the best person to give um, a ghost walk because uh, I, I still think those DVDs are great to just sit down and watch and hear a good classic ghost story because they're all just anecdotes from each and every location in all these areas of the UK. And, That's you know, right. those, are the root, those are the roots of paranormal phenomena and this is what we're exploring so it's great to hear the personal experiences that people have either recently reported or the classic ghost legends that are well known to certain locations so yeah yeah those are the things that have always caught my attention and fascinated me the true traditional ghost stories um there we go well let me throw this out to to all of you basically i mean uh do you believe that the the real meat of the the stories that, I mean the uh, you know videos or stories or, or whatever is, is the stories behind it the the history the the, the sightings and that thing. Are, are are we all getting a little tired of people walking around in, in IR light in, on on film and just you know going ooh did you hear that uh, it, yes yeah uh, yes. are we do you yes. think we we're longing for the old days when we did have more story involved. Oh, who's um, going to start? Let yeah, me just get start with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're so right, Ron. About you know, we're the, the 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 top and bottom of it is, and and obviously, I'm I'm going to sort of cite most haunted for this because at, at the end of the day, you know, it it, it became a phenomena, uh, love it or hate it, it created the most amazing interest um, in the paranormal, uh, and it, everybody's now raring to go, and we want more. Um, and we want to get away from what you just said, the ooh-ah, Scooby-Doo side of things. The public want more. The public want to know the reality behind the whole thing now, and I honestly think uh, that with a bit of luck, we're now racing ahead. And, and with people like Mark and, and, and you, Ron, and, and, and Cal, and all the other guys out there, we, we are racing towards, I don't know whether we'll ever, I, I think we'll prove quite a bit and I think we'll prove that a lot of it is, is, you know, as I say in the book, what is a ghost? You know, that's a word just to describe something that we're frightened of. Um, 
I got a really good phrase the other the other week from some. It might have been from you, why one of you guys. Um, today's today's magic is will be tomorrow's science. Yeah, it's very nice. I like that. <laughs> I do. I do. I love it. I'm using it all the time now, and I can't remember who said it. <laughs> so, so Mark, how do you feel? Do you feel the same way, or I think there is a sort of shift in, uh, as Richard said, you know, um, since programs like Most Haunted came out, it sort of really sort of blew everything out 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 of the water really everyone wanted to go out uh doing investigations which is brilliant i think mm. um but i do think you know something that was quite acceptable as evidence five years ago is not so much nowadays you know i won't go on to orbs and things like that um but um, oh, go yeah, on yeah, <laughs> uh, they're not paranormal folks get over it um <laughs> um but I do think, I think with what people like, you know, you talk about influence, Cal was saying about people who influence, you know, I think Cal's someone who influences me. Um, I think the psychology has got a lot to do with it, and parapsychology, I think yeah. that's something we, people need to be looking more into, you know. Um, so, yeah, I do think the zeitgeist is slightly changing now. I mean, personally, my, my wish is to have the whole uh, terminology rebranded, get rid of the word ghost, get rid of the word haunted, get rid of the word spirit, and to have yes. more scientific terms to take the scare factor out of it a bit, I think. That's my two things. <laughs> and, and Cal, do you feel the same way as, as they both do? Though? Sorry about that. I, um, I must apologize. I uh, missed that bit. I got interrupted. <laughs> You'll have oh, to skip okay. me on that one. Uh, that's, that's all right. That's not a problem. But anyways, I mean, uh, uh, one of the things uh, why I liked Most Haunted, and, and I thought Most Haunted stood out from a lot of the shows that were at the time and, and still are out there. It, it, there was the history element there, and, and that's, you know, really an important part of the paranormal because, I mean, if you believe in spirits, that spirits, uh, you know, they're from the past, and you can't Correct. have the past without the history. So, I mean, yeah. I think that we we should really look, you know, re-emphasize the history part of, of the paranormal. I, I don't think it's it's done enough. Ron, you're, Ron you, you're so right. You're so right, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, it, how, you can't get any closer to history than seeing seeing uh, a ghost, or, or, or should I say the image of, of someone or something that, that, that was once alive, you know, and possibly died under tragic circumstances. And Mark, again, you know, filmmaker and all, you know, you, I mean, do you agree with me? I do, absolutely, Richard. I couldn't agree with you more, actually. I mean, especially when you mentioned about Most Haunted, the reason I started doing, being a filmmaker, the reason I started doing our online episodes, because I thought, oh, I like what Most Haunted are doing here. Yes, it's a TV show, and I'm not going to go down that road. I mean, I quite, I've, I've never had a problem with Most Haunted. Um, but I thought, well, I like what they're doing here. I'm going to do the same thing. I think people like to actually see stuff as opposed to reading it, you know. Um, so that's just, that's just and, you know, hopefully we'll go, we're coming up to our 50th episode, actually, soon. Although we've done hundreds of investments. Really? Yeah, we don't actually, we can't film every single one, but we're coming up to our 50th, uh, 50th episode soon. So um, it's been quite a journey, but obviously very enjoyable at the same time. Mm. Uh, Mark, how, how long are these episodes each, uh, uh, time-wise? Um, they range from sort of, um, I mean, we've done sort of, you know, various filming and pilots as well. We did, we've done some with you, Richard, haven't we? And uh, a few others. Yeah, yeah. Our, our spiral episodes, they run for sort of 10 to, between 10 and 20 minutes, sometimes 25 minutes if we're getting stuff happening, which is rare. <laughs> rare when I'm around. <laughs> the, about 15, say sort of 25 minutes at the max and 10 minutes at the, at the minimum. Mm -hmm. 
And those are available online. Is there a charge from it all or anything? No, not at all. No, I'm very much uh, being. I'm very much for sharing stuff for free. It's just something I'm very cool, uh, anal about. Actually, you, there's actually a YouTube channel, uh, which is if you look for Spiral Paranormal on YouTube, come up to our, our website. We've got many subscribers, and also they're also linked to our website, SpiralParanormal.co.uk, and you can also download the episodes as uh, MP4 files for iPhone and iPad as well. So we're at the cutting edge of technology. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> Tell you what, Ron, just picking up what you said about um, the scare factor, and, and it's something that I've you know, been on about for a long time. Um, you know, the, the profession of a ghost isn't, isn't to scare you. But the problem we've got, of course, and always will have, uh, is with, with both Hollywood and, and TV, that we like to be scared. Um, and, you know, I'm guilty as, as anyone because every ghost walk that I do, and we've been doing it for 20 years now, um, we scare people to death on it. You know, I shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. That's very true. I should be getting I mean, away from it. You know, it's I not sh- good practice. Yeah. Sort of people don't, you shouldn't be investigating to get scared because that's not really investigating, is it? You know. Uh, right. but, but in all fairness to you, Richard, I mean, what you do... That's what you do. I mean, it's a ghost yeah. walk. People want to be scared, so you're, you're really providing a service. And you know, I have no problem. It's like a haunted house at a carnival. I mean, you go to the yes. haunted house to get scared. I that's mean, that, that's what it is. So, in, in reality, in all fairness to you, there's nothing wrong with that because that, uh, that you know, that that's what people are coming for. Now, it, yes, there it are is. other other venues that, of course, uh, that. You know, for instance, your psychic and science thing that you're running, your aim is not really to scare people there, is it? Oh, very much not. Very No, it's not. It really isn't. And that's the whole um, idea of it. That there is, you know, no scare factor whatsoever. Apart from, funnily enough, we do on the show, we do actually uh, take someone away um, to do a lone vigil. Uh, but it, it's, it's, we, and of course, <laughs> guess what? It's in the dark. Um, but we, it, it isn't actually done for the, for the purpose of frightening them. Um, it, it's done for the fact that obviously, you know, they, they, I think, you know, they need to be alone. There's no point in having two or three people that is better alone. And of course, the sensors are much more heightened, um, if they're doing it in the dark. Uh, but the whole show, the whole two hours is, is, is very much, um, Getting, trying to get people away from the scare factor. We, we have we've had quite a few people on the show, uh, audience, that have actually, one or two in, at the beginning have said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really frightened. And, and we've said, there's, there's no need to be because, you know, it's a theatre. Yeah, there might be a ghost in it, and, but we, we're not here to scare you. And at the end of it, we have people coming out saying, oh, thank goodness for that. I, I, I wasn't frightened <laughs> at all. Because that's not what we're about. It seems the what, TV stuff at the moment well, is changing quite a lot. One of the pilots I'm involved with at the moment, pilot TV shows, is actually uh, kind of taking the ghost hunting aspect and any associated mediums that may be involved and solely trying to concentrate on what the scientists have to say about this. Not just parapsychologists, but how physics looks at it and um, we get geophysics involved and, and just really kind of um, taking the building that's supposedly haunted and just kind of dissecting it bit by bit. And what are these common elements about the building that build up 
um, haunting phenomena and why is it when people go into this building interact they have these experiences so um, hopefully it will give a bit of a twist on what many audiences are already familiar with which is this walking about in the dark with a camera getting that thrill factor which everyone loves and is entertaining yeah. but um, there's been so many people that have questioned well I want to see more of the science side so it'll be interesting to yeah. see how this kind of science show that we're doing um, will develop and actually uh, come out as a I mean, it's a scientific question, isn't it? It's not a spiritual question. It, 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 there is actually neither answer. If, if paranormal exists, it is a scientific question and a quite Ooh, scientific yeah. question only, I think. I, I don't think so, uh, Mark. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think that it is a spiritual question. I think that paranormal is a spiritual experience more than it is a scientific experience. Really? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's both. I, I really, I really do. It, it, it is both. I mean, it, we use the science to try to explain it, but there are some things that can't be explained. And if you can't explain it, 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 you're going towards more the spiritual end. If you can't explain yeah, it, yeah, science. Well, I, well, I, I think you mean what I meant was, you know, we, we are looking for answers, and the answers are going to be, uh, we're hoping to be the, along the lines of science and psychology, um, mm. because spirituality is is a belief system. Uh, right. It doesn't require hard evidence, but the, right. the, the problem with the paranormal is there hard evidence? I don't think there is. This is this, as you quite rightly said, Ron. You know, it, it, then it comes back into a spiritual thing. I'd like to see hard evidence, but I just don't think it's going ever going to happen. Not. I, I, I think we should. But you know, an interesting thing we, we were talking about being in a dock and scared. And Cal, I, I'm kind of <clears> better address this to you because I know this is right up your alley. And and when you person goes in a dock, you're going to say, well, their senses are heightened and everything else, and yada, yada, yada. But um, the reason that maybe we're having experiences where we're in a dock is because we're going back to our birth, basically, when we have these senses that we don't use anymore. And perhaps the dock is triggering, triggering these yes. uh, long, unused ESP, mediumship, psychiatry, whatever you want to call it. And and that's why we're having experiences more in the dock. Yeah, I know the fear factor and all that. I understand it, too. But maybe it's that fear factor and everything else that's triggering these experiences that actually allow us to experience the paranormal. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I, I think two possible explanations come from that, though. Uh, the most likely one... Uh, in terms of normal explanations for why we might have more experiences in the dark is the fact that when we turn down the lights and we can't actually judge distance anymore or we can't judge it properly, we can't make out what objects exactly are because of the lack of light, we then become more psychologically prone to misinterpretation and misinterpretation of a not only what we're seeing but also what we're hearing because we can't identify with the environment around us and where these rational sounds are probably coming from certain bangs and paps uh, taps of water pipes and so on and so forth creaky floorboards um or you can look at it in terms of maybe the gansfeld and this whole idea of sensory deprivation and that if we are actually losing a lot of the light and it is dark and we can't really use our vision very well i can see where you're coming from in terms of when they say blind people have heightened hearing or maybe heightened uh, other senses like the psychic senses because they've lost out in one. So they need these other senses to help them interact in the environment and also kind of um, benefit so they can operate. And um, same goes for in the dark. If we can't see, how will the body um, make up for this? And would that be by having some sort of psychic awareness for what's going on around us? 
Who knows? I, I, I definitely go for the former explanation, though, personally. Being the sceptic, I'm going for the former. <laughs> I'm trying to get our team, actually. I want to start doing, and I've been trying to send this for the last sort of year and a half, but it's just trying to find better. I want to do more investigations during the day. Like, personally, I don't think it would well, really Actually, you know difference. what, guys? You have to hold on, because we're going to the break. I totally missed that. I do hold on to that one, Mark. Yeah, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Richard Felix, Cal Cooper, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest, Mark English. We'll be right back after the following messages on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tojanet, radio with a cutting edge. of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Richard Felix. Cal Cooper, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest is Mark English here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. If anybody has a question, by the way, they can go into either the Tojinet or the Pararex chat room and uh, ask it there, or you can call in at 877 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. So, anyways, that was interesting. Sorry, but back to what back to what Mark was saying. He was just mentioning about doing investigations in the daylight. Right. Yes. Tell us more, Mark. Well, I haven't. I mean, we've done a few um, during the day. I mean, especially mm. if you use. I mean, I haven't got a problem with using mediums and psychics. Um, I think that's probably my main interest is people with claims of uh, allegedly talking to dead people. Um, but you know, if, if a good medium is going to pick up something wherever they're going to pick up you know walking down the street they're going mm-hmm. to pick up something i don't like that i don't think anywhere is haunted it's just a personal opinion i don't think anywhere is haunted if it exists surely it's everywhere you know um obviously there's no proof of that once again it's just speculation which i don't really like to speculate 
but um, that's it. Yeah, I like to. Do, I really like to do some more stuff during the day. Actually, one good thing you do, you get less tired as well. <laughs> that's true, and you don't need night vision cameras. Exactly. You, exactly. You don't. You don't waste as much electricity. And the big one is that if there is such a thing as a haunting and a ghost and all that sort of stuff, then most. You see, I'm a great believer that a lot of what happens has happened because of a tragic and traumatic experience or something that's happened to someone. And let's be quite honest with you, that would have happened in the daytime. Not at night. Yeah, exactly. Most very, of it. very true. I totally agree with you, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the, the old days, when, when most ghosts come from, um, everybody went to bed at night and slept and got up at daybreak and started doing the dangerous jobs that might have caused ghosts, including fighting battles. Yeah. Because we didn't fight battles at night because we couldn't see the enemy to kill them. Exactly. It goes back yeah. to what CJ said um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, when he was a guest on the show with the mm. um, recent study that Becky Smith's done on a new census of hallucinations, looking at a mass amount of people that have experienced um, ghosts and other psychic phenomena. And the vast majority of ghost sightings do appear to be in uh, the late afternoon, as mm. uh, yeah. Becky found in her study. And that was virtually the same as the original study, which happened back in 18... 18- 1885, I think it was. So, not not much has changed really in terms of paranormal experiences and you know the human interaction with uh, paranormal experiences in that sense. And we we even quoted the poem last time that uh, as I was walking down the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. The second verse goes into when I returned home at three, that man was waiting there for me. So it was three in the afternoon, and the most common place to experience them in the home is the hallway and the stairway as well. Interesting how we carry that through. I saw my ghost at 20 past three on a Friday afternoon. The one at Derby, oh, Derby, Derby, Derby Jail, wasn't it, Richard? Derby Jail. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's the thing. But again, we all know why we film it. Well, again, senses are more heightened. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, we, 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 do, we do ghost walks at night and they do most haunted in the dark because it's more scary. We know that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's, <laughs> well, you know what? We really, the problem is we really don't know what a ghost is. I mean, we do. What, is it, what is it composed of? I mean, uh, th- th- that's, you know, kind of the key thing is, is what are we trying to capture w- with our eye- eyesight, with our uh, cameras? Uh, what, what is it exactly we are you ca- trying to capture? I think that's the single most important question, Ron. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Now, what are we trying to capture? Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on, you're the filmmaker. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm also weird. I don't think you can capture anything. I've, I've, I mean, I've seen plenty of people's um, evidence, alleged evidence. Um, I've never seen anything that even slightly convinced me that people have caught a ghost on camera. And, no, well done, you. Well done. Um, I've just done it. I don't think you capture it on video. You know, if you look at things like the um, the CERN project uh, in Geneva, you know, massive billions of pounds. Uh, to try and capture particles, things like that. We're not really going to capture a ghost on your little camera from Dixon's or bought in Tandis or something or, you know, or Radio Shack. Um, so it, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I mean, people have, think have a ghost. I'd love to see it, but I've, I've never been totally convinced of any, any footage I've seen. I know I have. Neither have I. Remotely. Yeah, thank you, Richard. I just don't think it's possible, personally. I like to be proved wrong. I like surprises, but I've yet to see it. But, I mean, yeah, what, what, about, what, about, what about a photograph like the brown lady of Ram Hall? I mean, that's... Fabulous picture. Fabulous, <laughs> wonderful picture. But yeah. is it, you know, is it real? We don't know. I like it. I like that one. I, I like that. what a ghost should look like. 
I like that was because it wasn't, you know, they weren't looking for ghosts. It was just, no. there, there were other shots in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that your best, you know, your best mm-hmm. captures, if there is such a thing of a spirit or a ghost, is when you're not looking for them. That's very true. When you're, you're not even in the mindset. You're not even out there looking for ghosts. You might just be visiting somewhere and have your mind on completely other things and something, something happens. But even then, I'm, I, I still, you know, you need to look at the, the situation when the photo was taken, how were people feeling, what, what, what are the environment like? You know, there's, there's so many other questions to look at before something can be sort of said, oh, yeah, that could be paranormal or unknown or unexplained. Because I think it's important to say, even if something's unknown... It's still unexplained. It's not necessarily going to be un, uh, paranormal. There this, I think there is a slight difference between unexplained and, and paranormal. I agree. Mm. Mm. Yes. I mean, what does paranormal mean? Yeah, para is the Latin for running alongside, isn't it? Yes, that's true. Yes. So it's something that's running alongside the normal at the moment because we don't understand it yet. You know, going back to the photographs again, and, and Cal, as a, as a parapsychologist, always looks for, you know, he wants to know all the circumstances involved with the photograph. So if, as I mentioned earlier, we get these photographs where we have extra people show up in them and, and so forth. But we're not looking for ghosts at that time, but they show up. Yet that would go against what what Cal is basically saying because there's no way that you can prove that there was no one there or you you can't, you know, maybe the memory fails or, or whatever, the lighting or whatever. Uh, do you agree with that, Cal? I mean, isn't that kind of well, what you... As what Mark just said, it all depends on the circumstances, which is why in every case of spontaneous phenomena, we do actually have to go in and interview the person and, you know, take all the obvious details of um, the names and dates of the people involved and get all the testimonies together. And if they're going out purposely trying to catch a ghost on film in a ghost hunt, then we know that there's intention there. If they've just gone to visit an old stately home and they took a photo and something turned up, or they're at just some location they didn't even know to be haunted and they took a photo and something showed up, those are interesting as well. But then we, we've got to kind of break down what the photograph um, contains and what we know of photography as well. I think when Richard Wiseman a few years back did a presentation for the Society for Psychical Research, he took a few hundred photographs that the public had sent in. And obviously the vast majority of paranormal photographs were orbs. And then a lot of those um, that were put into a very strange category book could be explained in terms of rational explanations. People thought they were kind of strange spirit mists going up and down. They sort of looked like a sort of spiral cord going up and down in front of the picture. Turned out to be the camera strap. Just oh, yeah, that's right. So it, yeah, every time they took the flash, it kind of blurred the camera strap, so it turned into this strange spiral kind of mist that zooped down and zooped back up again. And uh, what else do we have? The, the general finger in the way of the lens, people breathing or smoking. Yeah, people breathing when it's cold. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The, the ones that are unique are when you can see a clear figure in the background. Now, is that because we're misinterpreting general shadows in the background or shades of brickwork that at the right angle do actually look like a human form? That certainly happened in a lot of cases where people have taken photos of, say, in the woods, and it looks like there's a man stood amongst the branches looking at someone. There was one brilliant one where someone had taken this photo on a beach quite by accident, but it was just at the right angle to look like a black monk was stood on the shoreline with his head bowed looking into the sea. When you carefully look at the photograph closely and stare at it for a while, you realise that 
beyond the first glance, it's actually a cave on the shoreline in the distance. And the shape of the cave looks like a figure in the foreground, when in fact it's a cave in the background. And it's so clever how the mind just quickly takes what we expect to see, which is in photos we, or, or in general life, we most associate with other people. So we, we're constantly looking for this human form, the head shape, the body shape. We're looking for arms and legs. And this is what stands out to us. And again, going back to the, the haunted location and being deprived of light, you know, people tend to get that kind of jump of seeing someone as soon as they enter a room in a haunted location in the dark. It might just be curtains tied up, but the way it's tied up and because it's in the dark and in the distance, it looks like someone wearing a gown with a hood or something like that. So, you know, we're so prone to tricking ourselves. It's the big problem of paranormal phenomena, the human error, where we, we're just innocently tricking ourselves and you've really got to stop and stare at what we're looking at and kind of break it down to actually look for all these rational explanations that, that you know, that, you'd never have guessed. I think that's true, Cal. I mean, also, you know, I to quote sort of the late uh, Christopher Hitchens, who's a sort of bit of a hero of mine, um, you know, we're pattern-seeking mammals. We're trying to find patterns that aren't there. And that's also not just guilty on photos, but guilty on uh, EVP as well. You know, people saying, mm. oh, can you hear the voice saying this? And I think, no, I can only hear static. And then people put up maybe what they think they hear as a little caption on, the vi on, the vi on a video or something. So straight away, you've got something planted in your head. And it's very hard then to get rid of what they've written, you know, and just listen to it raw. I think that's a that's a that's a, I think that's a you know that's a very good point there, Cal. Again, that goes back to looking at the individual again, and the main question we have to ask ourselves is in, as investigators is when someone approaches us and says that they've had a paranormal experience, we have to first question, okay, why has it happened to this person, and turn to the psychology element by asking why it's happened to this person. We can look at, well, what makes them different from other people? What's going on in their lives at the moment that could possibly influence that kind of experience? And with the EVPs, and certainly what I found with EVPs that I've been analysing recently, people that had suffered a bereavement and then believed to hear the voice of that dead person on this EVP or in the telephone call, if it was recorded, they'd write a transcript there. And then in some of these cases where I looked over them, I read the transcript and it's a few sentences long and it's very clear that mom or dad coming back and saying this or that and then I listened to the actual recording and as you say Mark it's just static I can't hear a thing and I'm trying to be as objective as possible I'm trying to see if these kind of nonsensical sounds are making words out that I can kind of relate or string together and I can't so sometimes you know personal stress the grieving state personal need for something can actually again that the body is accidentally tricking itself or maybe unconsciously purposely tricking itself because it has a need and in the grief state it wants to get over that grief somehow by maybe believing that there is an afterlife for the person that we've lost if we can rest safely thinking okay they're happy now they're in an afterlife they're safe and sound maybe that gets you over the grieving stage and back to good health and feeling happy again so you can go about your lives the body has a way of kind of just doing these strange things so each individual can cope in different ways not everyone that grieves is going to experience an apparition um, and it's going to be different for each people, each and every person that's involved. So one explanation doesn't always apply to the next case and the next case. You have to take each individual that comes forward and says, I've seen a ghost, and say, okay, why this individual? What were the circumstances involved? And you just have to start asking more and more questions. And I think that's the problem of paranormal research. You tend to start asking more questions than you do have answers at the end of the day. Yeah. That's true. Mm. No, I, I want to actually ask Richard and Mark because uh, you both do a lot of film, and um, 
and he, as Mark said, you, you really he's never seen a spirit show up on it. Do you pick up voices? Have you picked up unexplained voices on, on either uh, your uh, um, expeditions? Ooh. Occasionally, very, very rare, very rare for the reasons I said just now. I mean, a lot of it is just static, and you hear a peak, and you automatically think it could be a voice or something. We've actually had something different, which I called an electronic noise phenomena. Uh, the best one we had was um, a, a door opening. All oh, right, big deal, a door opening. Uh, a door opening and some footsteps. But we were all accounted for, we were all sitting down, and all the doors in this place. It was a private house, a private investigation. Um, and we had this door opening, footsteps. And it plays out very, very clearly. It's actually episode four, I think, of the Spiral episode. We've actually got it online. Uh, and that's still now, I can't quite work out what was going on there. And it was very, very prominent. It wasn't sort of like trying to hear closely. You could hear it very, very clearly. But uh, generally, um, I've not had much luck with EVP um, for the reasons I've said before. I think there's, there's too much static to, to get through before you can actually hear And I'm an editor, so I, can, I, know, I know about sound design. Uh, and you try and clean up the sound, but most of the time, I, I like to get more easy. I think that's a really interesting way of investigating, but personally, I've, I've not had much success in that department. And I'm the same. I, in fact, I mean, I've done I, I've done a lot of filming, obviously, and I've done, I don't know, 40, 40 plus uh, DVDs an hour long in, in haunted locations around, around the British Isles, and, and I don't think I've ever picked up or heard anything on any of the, the footage that we've that we've had at all and we've obviously hours and hours and hours of footage beyond the, the, the hour that's on the DVDs um, and I've never heard a thing um, but I personally have you know heard heard a voice um, in a haunted location on funnily enough on Ghosts of Nottinghamshire uh, which was my first that's... ever paranormal experience but it wasn't from a tape it was only in my head which is what I believe so much, you know, in my perception, in other words. Hmm. Well, I, uh, the interesting thing about, uh, and I have my theory, is that people who do EVPs, there are, there are really, um, I don't know if they want to call them specialists, but there are certain people, especially in the United States, that mm. that's all they do is EVPs. And, and they tend to get a lot of them. And now, I don't know if they are... Um, if, if the spirit recognized that, that these particular people are trying to collect their voices and therefore trying to communicate with them, and therefore they give them more EVP than, for instance, a, an occasional uh, ghost hunter or whatever, you know, one that just does it every so often, or is it spirits that follow these particular people and, and speak almost like Derek Accord and Sam, where they're always mm. there to mm. give them, you know, uh, an EVP. What do you think, Mark? Um, yeah, I mean, you're saying I do, you know, there seems to be sort of people tell stories of things, you know, not necessarily a allegedly, that word again, haunted, but people think mm. following people around which I've come across quite a few times, you know, when, we, when you do private investigations with people, um, which I think is obviously a different, completely different ballgame to doing a, an investigation in a, a manor house or something like that, because you're, you're there in that sort of situation. Obviously, the people come first, spirits come second, because you're helping people out. So, yeah, I sort of agree with you there, uh, Ron, actually. I do. So, in, in reality, the, the, their work is almost 
you have to look at it at a different way than you would, for instance, just an investigator who, you know, that's not their specialty, that's not what they do a lot of, you know. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the influence, is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? We, we really don't know. You just have to look at them differently. Mm, very much so, I think, yeah. I mean, we got contacted literally yesterday um, about doing a private investigation for a family down in Brighton, which is on the south coast of England. Um, and the family are really in shock. Their, their young sons get really freaked out, keeps on seeing stuff, and they're happy to pay someone. And I was like, well, no, we'll come. Uh, you know, I'm not wow. quite sure what I can do. And I said, no, 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 we don't, we don't. We don't charge. It'd be our pleasure. You know, I, I really do not. We're non-profit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hopefully we can help them out. But I don't quite know what I can do. <laughs> mm, interesting one, that is. But it's nice yeah. to hear that, that, hear that you don't charge because there's so many people out there that are jumping on the bandwagon uh, and, and, oh, and charging a lot of money for clearing, allegedly, sorry, clearing people's houses. And, and uh, yeah, I don't it's just not... Either. <laughs> You know, a lot of medium I work with say, say that's a lot of nonsense that you can move in. I don't know how someone in a three-dimensional world can move on something in allegedly a fourth-dimensional world. I, I've not seen any of that. I agree with you. Yeah. I of that psychological. You know, if you say something's clear from your house, psychologically you're thinking, oh, good, I do feel better. You know, mm. the placebo effect. Yeah. Or even oh, knowing that someone's coming along to clear it, you just think, oh, great, they're going to come along and bless the house and it'll definitely go. I mean, the, the whole reason that you call the person in the first place is because you have some hope that it's going to work. So, you know, no matter how big or small the placebo is, it, it can have incredible effects on how you actually interpret what's going on. You know, the activity could still be occurring large as life and, I don't know, mugs in the kitchen could still be sliding across the counter and you're just not noticing it anymore because you think, oh, the house has been cleared, everything's fine. You know. <laughs> and, and the big problem, I mean, let's be honest, it, it's, it, you know, if your boiler broke down in, in your house, uh, then you would, you, would, you would call in an expert, uh, a person that has done years of training and has qualifications, a certificate and everything else uh, that you know you could trust to come in and repair your boiler. But... Any of in other words, what I'm saying is, I don't know whether you agree with me, guys, but I don't think there is any such thing as an expert in the ghost business. No, there's not. I well, mean, I don't think anybody yeah. well, really okay, is qualified well, to do any anything. I, I'm going to disagree on, on a certain aspect of this. It de it depends on how you define it. If if we go back to the the spiritual end of it again, of course, then. Yeah. That opens a whole new ball game because uh, you know there are trained exorcists, and especially within the Catholic Church, uh, whether you believe it or not, that's another story. But uh, yes, 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 there there are experts. I mean, Cal and I had a, a gentleman on the show what uh, two weeks ago, Cal, or, or last week, and he yeah, believed probably, there were no. It's about a month ago, yeah. Yeah, he, he believed there were no ghosts. He believed there were only demons. And he reckons he's an expert, does he? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my, well, my he, he was... Sorry, go on. So, he was an expert in his own field of theology because he'd gone through all the university education and studied and become a pastor. Oh, yeah. and while, he was, while he was a pastor, he was um, studying demonology. So, you know, even though people could argue, well, that's not uh, a real profession, it is in a way because he'd actually gone and actually got to the position it was in to actually um, be a pastor and teacher. He was an expert in something that many people only really find theoretical. Yeah, um, right. yeah, yeah. they're actually an expert in theology. 
which is a bit different. Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, basically. But that's my problem. So, because, uh, I'm an atheist, so uh, you know, I, I'm quite a staunch atheist. And that's you know, I, I, I would sort of question that. The I think I can't remember the name of the young lady in the, in the late seventies, early eighties that that uh, actually died after. Uh, I think it was was it four German experts, uh, exorcists, actually uh, tried to exorcise the, the demon out of her, and of course she died in the end of um, oh, that's right, yeah, uh, malnutrition. Yeah. Sorry? Right. Ter- ter- terrible story that was, yeah. Yeah, something rose. Something rose. I forget the name of it. Ma- but, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they, of course, were <clears throat> experts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know my take on all that side of the things, John, don't you? <laughs> right. But, but the, what I'm, I'm basically saying, it, it all goes back to your, your beliefs. If, if you yeah, believe that you. The, the paranormal is a religious experience or is a spiritual experience, uh, then you have to look at it that way. Uh, mm. Yeah, you can try to apply the science to it, but uh, will it still work? As, you know, we really don't know. I mean, there are we don't know anything. Mir- there are miracles that cannot be explained by science. Uh, it's yeah. as simple as that. Uh, so, you know, it's this gray area, I guess, and, and, and it all goes back to your own personal. Beliefs. You're right. You're right. I agree everyone, with you. Everyone's got human right to believe what they want, of course, yeah. Yeah. As, a, as an atheist, you have a right to believe in what, well, what you don't believe in. Well, I don't I believe in, I just <laughs> really, yeah. Right. And, and, and as a uh, Catholic, I have a right to believe in what I believe in. And, and, mm, and that's exactly. the good thing. I, th- I think it's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, it's a great long, you know. And I sort of debate quite a few people about religion. I, um, I don't want to go down the religious side, but, uh, you know, but, and it's interesting hearing other people's point of views on, on the subject, you know, but I've, I've not, not personally not had anything convincing that sort of swayed me even slightly, but that's just another right. thing. I just brought up on science and reason. That's just the way I am, you know. Right. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing if, I guess, you know, it goes back to uh, whose eyes you look through certain things through. Once again, the, the EVP person, if, if he, he gets all these EVPs because he's looking through it through a different way than we do as, as somebody who doesn't do it. And, you know, because I, I hear EVP specialists and they'll say, oh, can't you hear this? This says, uh, you know, you're going to die tomorrow. And, and, of course, and all I hear is, like, you know, a bunch of static, like you say. But to him, it's perfectly clear and it's you know, true. Yet to me, it's 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 you know bunk basically. But that, as yeah. you say, Ron, that's his belief or her belief in in mm-hmm. it. And, and again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And you know, we, we people have it, again. It's in people's perceptions. And and who am I or who are we to say you know they're wrong and we're right? It's down to the individual. Um, but the fascinating thing about the whole of this damn subject is that the, after all these years of, of, of life and death on this planet, there isn't the tiniest, tiniest bit of proof of any of it, of, of there being such things as, as ghosts, demons, the paranormal, life after death. or anything. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, but, but the interesting thing is, is no matter what you believe in, if you have a completely closed mind, then, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, you really That's can't. Terrible. Yeah, it is. I mean, if no matter what you believe in, if, for instance, uh, Mark, you're an atheist, so if, if you don't even listen to the other side, 
then you're actually oh, I, I, weak. Oh, no, 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 I do. I do. No, no, I, I'm, not I, saying, I do. I'm not saying you don't, but if you, you, if you didn't, then you're actually weakening your own position. Because when, when conflict actually strengthens a, a person's beliefs rather than um, non-context. So, I mean, a lot of people, I know that in the UK, I see a lot of posts on Facebook about people that are, are uh, picketing, like, for instance, the psychic and science thing, or, or other, uh, I, I don't understand that. I mean, they're just, it, it's just so narrowed. I mean, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't go out do picketing every Sunday. To, I mean, we, you know, England's quite a sort of secular country, but I don't go and pick it up on church every Sunday morning. You know, people want to go to Exactly. Church. Why didn't we go round and round their churches on Sunday morning, sprinkling, I don't know, something else <laughs> all over their church? It's quite bizarre, actually, to think that, yeah. that they would, would do that sort of thing. Um, but, but they do. Um, they, they, they've got their beliefs, and so we should be allowed to have ours. But That's you're not going to believe this, guys, but we just about run out of time. So no. I want uh, Les to, like, everybody to finish up, and we'll start with our guest, Mark. Uh, what do you got coming up? What do you want to press? Uh, let us know. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, more Spiral Paranormal episodes, hopefully another book, um, and continuing working with great people like your good selves, uh, Richard, Cal, and Ron. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. And and you have a book out. What is, what is your title of your book? I think it's... It's called Paranormal Surrey. It's, uh, Surrey, yeah. Locations of my county where I live, just south of London. It's out now from Amberley Books and Amazon. <laughs> you, you, you know, I had a laugh. I went on your website and I saw Paranormal Surrey, and and I clicked on it, and I, I was hoping there was going to be a paranormal survey. <laughs> it was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> it could That's have been a Surrey with a fringe on top. <laughs> so, uh, Cal, anything you you want to? Uh, we got about fifteen seconds. Uh, no, the book? book should be out at the end of the month, Telephone Calls from the Dead, and then I'm off to California. If anyone's about in Southern California, I'm going to be doing a presentation on the book as well down there in Laguna Woods. So if anyone's about, please come along to that. That'd be cool. And Richard? What have I got? Well, new series of, of psychic and science starting on uh, in February uh, in a place called Felixstowe. Um, a, a tour of, of uh, Ireland we're doing as well, and, and three weeks in Scotland. Exciting year. I'm... Looking forward to it. Really am. Okay, we're just about out of time. I do want to mention that I, too, have a, uh, a, uh, a local cla uh, class at the local university called Paranormal CSI starting in February, so I'm looking forward to that. So from all of us here at uh, Ghost Chronicles International, we want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mark, and until uh, next week, good night and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business.